Kicking down the cobblestones Looking for fun and feeling groovy Good morning and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian. And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in healing bodies through the individual nutrition counseling for over 25 years. Do you have dry eyes? Here's a little fact for you this morning. Approximately one third of the population suffers from dry eyes. I'm going to guess that many of our listeners don't know that there is a nutrition connection to dry eyes. Well, stay tuned because there is a connection and we are going to tell you all about it. But first, joining me this morning is Joanne Rideout, registered and licensed dietitian, and she sees clients in two of the six nutritional weight and wellness Twin Cities locations, Wyzetta and Maple Grove. So good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Brenna. I know for a lot of people, this will be a very important topic. We all want to have as good of an eyesight as possible for as long as possible. So I also have suffered from dry eyes in the past. And I wore contacts for many years, and it was always a struggle. After I had LASIK, several years later, my eyes were even more dry. So involved lots of eye drops, lots of eye drops, and put them in frequently. So, of course, I was always eating low-fat foods, which contributed to that problem. But I didn't know about good fats at that time. This was many years ago. And I didn't know about the supplements like GLA and omega-3. So all of those things have been very helpful. And I've seen a lot of relief from that. That's amazing. That's great. That is great. So you kind of healed your own dry eyes. I did. (laughs) You know, and I have to say, I used to wear glasses. Uh I think I got those when I was in first grade. (laughs) And... Over the last couple of years, as I've changed my diet and started to include more healthy fats, and I, I think it's also just all the green vegetables I eat. Yeah. I don't wear glasses anymore. Yeah. That's I'm just, great. My eyes don't get tired staring at the computer as much. So that's great. It is. When it comes to nutrition and eye health, there are several different factors to take into consideration. Now, diabetics know that blood sugar balance is important for their eye health. And as nutritionists, we know that a lack of healthy fats dry eyes out. And Joanne, you made reference to that, having eaten low fat. And one of these healthy fats is the omega-3 fat found in fish oil. Most people know that omega-3s are good for the heart, but they also support good eye health. So you might be wondering who's at risk for dry eyes. Studies show that women are more likely to experience dry eyes than men. A decrease in progesterone and estrogen during menopause appears to decrease tear production. So it may surprise you that taking antihistamine medications can also lead to dry eyes. Um, I did experience that as well and didn't even realize when I was taking antihistamines that that was going on. That was going on. Well, and you mentioned that you had been on several. I had been, I had tried several different ones. None of them worked very well for me. And then I switched to our dehist which has worked a lot better. And doesn't cause dry eyes. And my eyes aren't dry. Yes, exactly. So also another medication that can interfere with tear production is antidepressants. We see a lot of clients on on antidepressants. antidepressants. Yes, yes, we do. Now, what other factors might increase the risk for dry eyes? Well, of course, living in a dry environment where those tears are going to evaporate very quickly. Right. As Joanne mentioned, wearing contact lenses can also cause dry eyes, needing all those eye drops. Right. And as many of us do, staring at a computer or TV screen for too long yeah, will cause dry eyes. 
definitely a common problem for everyone. So if you're someone living with dry eyes, you know how irritating that can be. That feeling of stinging or burning. Some people experience stringy matter around their eyes. Perhaps your eyes appear red and inflamed. Or maybe you experience blurred vision that gets worse as the day goes on. Again, many people don't know that what they eat can impact their eye health, even their dry eyes. Yep. And so now if we want to tackle dry eyes from a nutrition standpoint, then of course we have to talk about blood sugar balance too. Absolutely. Now, take a look in the mirror. If you happen to be driving (laughs) and listening to this, we'd ask you to pull over or wait till you get home first. (laughs) But take a look in the mirror. Take a really close look, like get up really close to that mirror. Can you see all those tiny little blood vessels in the white part of your eye? Those tiny blood vessels bring oxygen, nutrients, and even sugar, blood sugar, to the tissues in your eye. Yep. And blood sugar in our body needs to be tightly regulated, very closely. Like Goldilocks said, too much or too little sugar is a very bad thing. Yes. So today, however, most people are eating way too many carbs and not even realizing it. A lot of people are eating bread, pasta, pasta, processed food, and not even realizing that, you know, mostly we connect Mm -hmm. that with bread, but all the processed food turns Turns to to sugar. sugar. Yes. And too much sugar causes these blood vessels to constrict, to shrink, Uh leading to less blood flow to the tissues in the eye. So we think we eat these processed carbs, turns to sugar, and then those blood vessels, they just, they shrink up. Right. And then we don't get good blood flow. So people with diabetes have a much higher risk of developing dry eye than the healthy population. So we know that summer's the time of year when high sugar food sneaks up on us. It sure does. It does. So many barbecue and picnic menus turn into too much sugar. So a half a cup of baked beans turns into six teaspoons of sugar. That one surprised me. Yeah, that's pretty high. Turns pretty high pretty quick. So that would be like two. So half a cup of baked beans turns into two tablespoons of sugar is what we're saying there too. Right. And just two tablespoons of barbecue sauce can equal three teaspoons of sugar. And then if you add a half a cup of potato salad or pasta salad for an additional four teaspoons of sugar, that adds up quickly. And the other piece of this, as I was, I was thinking about this, is that most people eat, may eat twice that amount. So a half a cup for some people might be a very small portion and they might be having twice that. Right. And, you know, maybe you go through the line one time. Yes. And you get a half a cup <laughs> and then you go through the line a second time. Right. Get another half a cup. Right. And then maybe your kids didn't finish right. their portion. <laughs> There's that, too. There's that, too. <laughs> now, even real carbs. So Joanne was kind of talking about more of these processed carbs, like the pasta salad and the barbecue sauce. But even real carbs, like an ear of corn, will turn into eight teaspoons of sugar. Right. So that, you know, we think of teaspoons and we're like, well, that's not that much. Mm-hmm. But then if we say that that eight teaspoons of sugar is like almost three tablespoons. Yeah. Because we know that three teaspoons turns into a tablespoon. That's, right. That tablespoon seems more impactful sometimes to people. Right. Or a simple wedge of watermelon will add another three teaspoons mm-hmm. of sugar. Now, if you ate this meal at your family's 4th of July celebration, you would have consumed at least 24 teaspoons of sugar. The same amount as half a cup of sugar. And maybe you noticed that you felt a little more inflamed and sluggish 
the next day. Right. So if you did a full cup portion instead of a half cup portion, you talked about 24 teaspoons. 48 teaspoons would be the result if all those half cups turned into full cups. Full cups or if you went back for seconds. Right. And that is a lot of sugar. It's yeah. a cup of sugar. That is a whole cup of sugar. That's incredible. And that it's inflammation, amazing. yes, from that sugar applies to our eyes. Yep. So maybe, again, your eyes felt more irritated than normal on July 5th. Yep. And so you might have thought when your eyes were irritated, you were just out in the sun too long. Right. But it could be all the sugar you ate. The first step to supporting your eye health is to balance your blood sugars, avoiding processed carbs, and switching those things over to vegetable carbohydrates. And when we say processed carbs... I mean, oftentimes people will say, well, I eat the whole grain bread right? or I eat the whole wheat pasta right. and the whole wheat crackers. But I always tell people, I'm like, there's not a pasta tree, right? There's not a bread bush. <laughs> That's a good way to think about it. <laughs> you know, those are processed carbs. They are. Yes. They are. So you mentioned veggie carbs. We're talking about veggie carbs and real food. Yes. Definitely. The second step is to include plenty of healthy fats. Because healthy fats not only help balance blood sugar, but they also hydrate the eye. And I found that really interesting. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that is. <laughs> so I used to think that tears were only made from water and salt. But that was a mistake to think that because tears are actually made of water, but also oil and mucus. And think of a tear as having three layers. The outside layer is made from oil or fat. The oily layer here helps prevent tears from evaporating too quickly. Right. So then if our eyes are unable to make this fatty layer because of low-fat diets or, you know, other issues, then tears will evaporate. Tears will evaporate too fast and will be left with dry eyes. So if you ate a low-fat diet like I did in the past, your body probably did not have enough fat to make those healthy tears. And you may have experienced dry eyes then. There are special glands around your eyes that produce the fat needed for these tears. And if these glands get clogged and the oil is not released into the eye, again, tears will evaporate too fast. So we have to ask ourselves, what might cause these glands to get clogged? It's kind of like a clogged sink. It is. <laughs> it's like, so it can, inflammation, a lot of people are curious about inflammation, but inflammation is simply just like swelled tissues. So swelling around the eye, edge of the eyelid can cause these glands to become blocked. Then we have decreased tear production. So in fact, this is the number one cause of dry eye. And as we discussed earlier, too much sugar from too many carbs will cause that swelling or inflammation. And the, this inflammation can be of both the eye itself, the lens of the eye itself, and also the tissues or structures around the eye. Now, I think it's time for us to take a break. Yes. Okay. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Many people use summer excursions, such as vacation to the beach or a friend's wedding, to keep them motivated while losing weight. But what happens after the vacation? Maybe the old habits creep back in and your weight loss stalls. During our breaks today, we are going to be sharing a few summer weight loss sabotages that might happen to you. But if you have food or nutrition questions today, give the studio a call at 651-641-1071. 
Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian. If you feel like your weight loss has stalled now that the summer is here, take a moment and think about what you've been eating lately. The first summer weight loss sabotage clients sometimes encounter is snacking on too many nuts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's easy to do. It is easy to do. You know, nuts are a healthy fat and they are certainly a better choice than potato chips. But if you find yourself snacking on them all day long, those healthy fats can add up quickly. Not to mention that if you might also be eating some almond or peanut butter in there, too. Mm -hmm. Many clients find that stopping with just one serving of almonds or pistachios can be hard. Now, for me, once the jar of almond butter is open, it can be really difficult to close it without eating several heaping spoonfuls first. <laughs> you know that, yes, where you're like, I do know that oh, put a little on the celery or on the apple, and then another like two, three tablespoons. No, not a good <laughs> habit. Right. So instead of just nuts, try having a balanced snack of six olives, 10 cherry tomatoes, and an ounce of mozzarella cheese. This snack will leave you feeling more satisfied without the need to keep going back for more. That sounds really good. It does sound really good. Yes. So before break, we were talking about tear production and pointed out that tears are not only made just from water and salt, but tears are made of oil and mucus Mm -hmm. in addition. And so that oil we need from our fat in our diet. Right. And... um. That helps the whole process happen. It does. It keeps everything kind of lubricated. Yes. But we were talking about the fact that these tears, they come out of these little glands. Mm -hmm. And one reason for dry eyes might be that those glands get clogged. Right. Or they kind of, they they get swollen. Right. And then we can't get the oil out of them. Right. And that might happen if we are eating lots of processed carbohydrates. Right. So along with avoiding processed carbohydrates, we also need to eat adequate amounts of healthy fats, such as butter, coconut oil, olives, avocados, bacon, and egg yolks. So you said bacon and egg yolks? I did. That sounds really good. That does sound good. I had bacon last night. (laughs) It was great. Bacon grease from organic nitrate-free bacon is a healthy fat and will support tear production. Egg yolks contain not only fat, but also vitamin A and choline, two nutrients that are very important for eye health. Mm-hmm. And Joanne, you also filled me in this morning. Yes. And mentioned that egg yolks also contain the lutein and zeaxanthin. Yes. That's very important for eye health, too. Right. So if we went back, thinking back to that 4th of July barbecue that we kind of dissected this morning <laughs> and changed the menu to make it a little less inflammatory, we could maybe have some dry rubbed seasoned ribs instead. And instead of pouring on the barbecue sauce, we could replace the potato. Then right. you just using the seasoning. Mm-hmm. Then in addition, we could replace the potato or pasta salad with a broccoli salad. Yum. So that would be really good. Um, using the high quality mayonnaise. We always talk about Hain mayonnaise. And... Instead of two ears of corn on the cob, maybe you could just have one. Right. Or maybe you split one. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I love broccoli salad. It is seriously one of my favorite foods. <laughs> it is good. And we have a terrific recipe on our website, weightandwellness.com. Joanne, you recommended a specific type of mayonnaise, the Hain mayonnaise. Why is that? 
because most mainstream brands of mayonnaise use soybean oil as their main ingredient, as their main oil. So soybean oil is a very processed and damaged fat, and that creates the inflammation in our body that we've been talking about. So even if the mayonnaise says it's made from olive oil, check the ingredient list. It probably also contains soybean oil. So Hain mayonnaise we often recommend because it's made with an unrefined safflower oil, a much less processed oil that will not create inflammation. Now for people with an egg allergy, because this is one that trips people up when I recommend that they think about cutting eggs out, Mm -hmm. um, they don't realize that mayonnaise is made with egg yolks. Mm -hmm. But for people who definitely know that they have an egg allergy, they know this. um, And... One of my new favorite mayonnaises on the market that is egg-free and also does not use soybean oil is called Just Mayo. And I've been able to find it at most of the local grocery stores, and it's in the refrigerator section. Mm-hmm. So it's not sitting on the shelf oh, sure. next to everything else. It is refrigerated yeah. already. Well, that sounds good. I'll have to try that. They have a Chipotle flavor. Oh, wow. That is really good. <laughs> that sounds good, too. So we've been talking about omega-3 fats also being important for reducing inflammation, also for producing the healthy tears. So many people know that salmon contains omega-3 fats, but Brenna, you are a big fan of sardines, I know. I am. (laughs) And that also is a really good source of omega-3 fatty acids. It's an extremely good source of omega-3 fatty acids, and I regularly eat about one to three cans of sardines each week with at least another serving of salmon to go along with that to ensure that I'm getting adequate omega-3 fats to support not only my eye health, but also my bone health and my hormone health, Mm -hmm. my hormone balance. Yep. So lots and lots of omega-3s. It's like one can of sardines has, I think, about 800 milligrams Mm -hmm. of DHA. Yeah, that's great. Which is that fat that's really important for our brain health, but also for our eye health. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've started including a little bit more of that. Uh, Of the DHA or the sardines? Of the sardines. Oh, (laughs) fantastic. I have a convert. Yes. So for people who do not like fish, though, eating beef or pork or lamb from grass-fed, pasture-raised animals is another way to increase your intake of omega-3 fats. So when these animals eat their natural diet, so when they eat, they graze on grass in the fields, their meat contain a higher concentration of the omega-3 fats than animals who are raised on corn and soybeans, which is pretty much just eating starch. Right. And to go back, so back to the sardines. Right. (laughs) Because I was looking at some last night. We were at the grocery store, and I was like, oh, I'm almost out. And I was pulling a couple different ones off the shelf, and I noticed that the sardines were canned in canola oil and soybean oil. Mm. So even mm-hmm. though I want the healthy fats right. from the sardine, right. from the fish, I don't want the processed fat that exactly. they are packaged in. Yeah, that's important. And for tuna as well. Yes, it is. Yes. And I think that's where one of the big things that I always tell clients, I'm like, you have to read the label. Yeah. Label, label, label. Right. All those ingredients. And you can find sardines packed in olive oil. Oh, but easily. you have to look for it. Yes. So my favorite brand is the Wild Planet. I think they taste the best. And mm-hmm. you can get them in olive oil or water. And they mm-hmm. even have some in like a little marinara sauce that's, that's good. Good, too. Mm-hmm. 
Now, for people with really dry eyes, taking supplemental omega-3 fats, aka that fish oil, can be very beneficial. And for the past several months, I've been recommending that clients try one of our liquid fish oils that contains a high concentration of that DHA, that specific fat found in our eyes. And this liquid supplement is by Metagenics, and it's called EPA DHA 2325. And just one teaspoon contains over 900 milligrams of DHA. Now, don't worry. The lemon flavor... (laughs) in it will help mask that fishy taste. So wow. it's it's easy to take. Just right on the little spoon. Right. Or if people do smoothies, sometimes I have them throw it in a smoothie. Sure. <laughs> 900 milligrams. That's a lot. And that is a very lot. very concentrated. Mm-hmm. So that's a concentrated source. So at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we also carry a product called Foresight by Orthomolecular. So this amazing product was developed by an ophthalmologist as a way to target inflammation within the eye. And this foresight contains antioxidants such as lycopene, lutein, and zeaxanthin at the appropriate doses needed to support eye health. So not only have our clients experienced success using foresight, but several of our weight and wellness employees have benefited also from this product. Nancy found that over the past year, she was suddenly experiencing dry eyes. Now, Nancy's been eating the Weight and Wellness way for a very long time, and even increasing her fish oil supplementation did not take care of this new problem. But once she started taking just one capsule of Foresight each day, her dry eye went away. That's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. So I think it's about time to go to break here. Yep. Now, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We have a great class coming up this week. On Tuesday, July 14th, we are teaching nutrition for young adults in the St. Paul office at 11.30 a.m. So kids aren't in school. We can get them <laughs> get them to go to this. That's right. And this is a great class for parents and their teens to come to and learn how eating a balanced diet can support both better moods, better grades, and better sports performance. So help your teen make changes this summer that they so that they can have a great fall semester. It's like we get them into the routine now. Right. And then, you know, come fall when school starts up, easier transition. They're there. doing better then. Yes. Now to sign up, simply call the office at 651 or yes, 651-699-3438 or register online at weightandwellness.com. But please give Joanne and I um, a call this morning if you've got questions about your eye health. About sardines, <laughs> fish oil, nutrition, food, you name it. Or anything else. <laughs> anything else. So give us a call here at the studio, 651-641-1071. Welcome to Dishing, back to Dishing Up Nutrition. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm Joanne Rideout, registered and licensed dietitian. The second summer weight loss saboteur that we are going to be talking about today might be happening to you also is too much alcohol. That's a very common summer issue. That is a con- that for some people is a common weekly issue for it them. Really, do- and, and even some people daily. But yes. Um, so, did you know that just one alcoholic beverage will slow your metabolism by thirty percent? So, if that's happening daily, that can be a big problem. Instead of your liver focusing on helping you lose weight, drinking wine or beer or other alcohol means it has to focus on detoxing the alcohol. And I think people 
sometimes, especially what I see in our nutrition for weight loss class, mm-hmm. is that people get the message, oh, having a glass of wine is good for me. Mm-hmm. But so then they do it every day. Exactly. And a lot of times people are saying, coming into the classes, well, that's something I'm not going to change. Right. But if they're not, they might be losing the opportunity to lose weight. Exactly. Huge. Yes. So maybe you think, oh, just a drink here and there won't hurt. But for many people, these once in a while treats soon become frequent enough to stall the weight loss efforts. So some ideas are instead of a wine cooler or light beer or fruity drink, maybe fill a tall glass with ice and add two to three tablespoons of pomegranate juice, maybe a squeeze of lime juice in there or a, or a wedge of lime, and then top that off with club soda or seltzer water. That's really a lot lower carb. Much lower carb. So when compared to a lower carb cocktail, such as gin and tonic, that contains maybe 15 grams of carbohydrate, this juice spritzer comes in at only five grams. So that's a third of what it was. And then there's no alcohol to slow down your metabolism. Exactly. And that's something that, and I know people during the summer, maybe like one of my clients, she has a volleyball league. Right. And they go out two, three times a week Mm -hmm. after their volleyball practice Mm -hmm. and their games. And she's like, you know, I don't want to feel left out. Right. And her drink that she had been having was a vodka tonic. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what if you just had the tonic with the lime in it? Right. I said, you still get the fizz. Right. You look like you have yep. a drink, but. That's what I, and I had that same conversation yesterday. And we talked about just doing club soda with lime. Right. Because then that's even less mm, carbs. Even less carbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good options there. Right. Now, I think we have a couple of callers on the line. We do. Oh, let's go ahead and take those. So we have a call from Jamie. And she has a question. Yes. Good morning, Jamie. You have a question for us. Yes, I do. I'm sitting in the parking lot of a of a farmers market. Okay. Um, A couple times a a couple times ago, I went to the farmers market and I took home some stuff. And normally, I prepare it and wash it all up and do a large quantity for the week at at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, That time, I was kind of like munching while I was prepping. So I was eating some things raw. Uh, about an hour later, I had um, blistering in my mouth and throat that actually caused me to per- uh, put off a dental appointment because the the bleeding and the gum swelling was such that they didn't want to work on me. Oh my gosh! I looked wow. it up, and it was probably related to a nightshade allergy. As I'm sitting here wanting to go get produce, what sorts? of things should I be maybe not looking at and or preparation um, options that because it seems like when I cook something in the enzymes doesn't strike the allergy the rest of the the product even though I was kind of like should I even buy it or keep using it since now I've got this allergy but the cooked Things seem to not cause the the the, the I, same flare up. Yes, yeah. so and it was from zucchini, and I've kind of had the same thing with think, when I'm cutting on um, on uh, eggplant. So I'm thinking it's an, a nightshade. Are yes, you with the nightshade category. Yeah, so the nightshades would include the zucchini and the eggplant and tomatoes, regular potatoes, tomatoes. tomatoes yes. Um, peppers, peppers, mm-hmm. 
I feel yeah, like I've never po- tolerated those from the greatest. Okay, so it's oh. kind of like you've had this going on for a while. But all of a sudden, when you kind of overloaded yourself eating all that raw zucchini. Yes. Um, now, and that does include peppers of all sorts. So even if you're using like peppers in seasoning, sometimes that can bother people. Um, or paprika can bother people. Is this a, something and I should be going to a specific allergy specialist? Because they, they've, I mean... They don't really usually... Probably not. Your best bet is to just avoid it. Or, as you have found, is small quantities of this cooked. Right. You're going to be okay. And it might be, you know, maybe if one week you want to have a little zucchini. What's cooking new to... Or is it something in the skin? Or what exactly... It's typically found... I believe it's the alkaloids. uh, Is a compound that is found in the skin of those nightshade vegetables and for some people it's just very inflammatory it triggers an immune reaction and because yours happens so fast it's kind of like it's almost triggering a little bit of a histamine reaction yeah is what it sounds like so your best bet is to just not eat them raw so no raw zucchini (laughs) you know maybe got to watch any raw tomatoes unfortunately this time of year Um, but having them cooked and skinning them or not necessarily um, you can play around with it. So every it's one of those where it's like everybody's an individual. So you may be yeah. just fine, like with it completely cooked in like a soup or a stew. Um, yeah. OK. But I would also say if you're finding that if you get any reactions on your hands, you might also have to make sure that you are wearing gloves when prepping these vegetables. Mm-hmm. And like Stewed tomatoes work well, but let's say I have tomatoes and it seems like if I have them in like a cream sauce, it slows it down because of the slower absorption with the or digestion with the with the fat. with the fat. Yep. Yeah. Is that true? Who? That it sounds like it is for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will be my own guinea pig. Thank you. you. You're welcome. So we have another caller we have on the line. Caller. Jan, you have a question about sweeteners? Yes, I do. Um, I have two products in front of me. One is the Sweet Leaf Stevia, and then mm-hmm. I have Stevia in the Raw. And I'm wondering if the Stevia in the Raw is okay to use. Can you read the ingredients on the Stevia in the Raw? Well, the first one is dextrose. Which is then, sugar. <laughs> yep, and then Sweet Leaf Stevia. So... I would go with the just the straight sweet leaf. Joanne, what do you write? Yeah. Straight sweet leaf. That that's just plain stevia. Yes. Yeah, because that doesn't dissolve well like in a glass of iced tea. So I had tried this other and I was just curious about that. Right. Are you using the powdered sweet leaf stevia? Yeah. And it clumps together if the drinks are cold. Okay. Yeah, you can actually find that same brand, Sweet Leaf, in mm-hmm. liquid form. So you can oh. get clear drops or in our offices, we actually... I'm sorry? I forgot you have flavored. We do. Ones. We actually have lemon flavored that is really good in iced tea. We have vanilla, okay. berry, and other flavors as well. Okay. Well, that helps a lot. So that might be a good option. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for calling. calling. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye.
Okay, recapping. Yes. Kind of what we were talking about earlier. So we're talking about dry eyes today. And we had mentioned a couple supplements. Mm-hmm. The first one being the Metagenics liquid fish oil called EPA DHA 2325. Because just one teaspoon of this EPA DHA fish oil contains over 900 milligrams of DHA. And that is what we are really looking for when it comes to supporting our eye health. Right. And I just I can't tell you how many clients I've had that they say that the inflammation that they've got, whether it be in their blood vessels or their skin, it's like Mm -hmm. they start taking this just one teaspoon. Right. Easy peasy. And after a couple of weeks, they're like, no, things are changing. Things are better. Also, people can just do the DHA mm-hmm. supplement in place of their omega-3 fish oil, especially if they have macular degeneration in the family okay. or other eye health issues in the family. Then often I would recommend um, 600 milligrams of just DHA a right. day without the fish oil. Mm-hmm. And you can always, or if you are taking fish oil, sometimes we have people take that at like the morning time. Right. And then the extra DHA DHA in the evening. In the evening, just so that we're really boosting that DHA concentration. Right. And DHA, straight DHA comes in liquid form as well. So So you can use the drop. You can use that. Yes. Uh, We have little babies and kids use that sometimes. Yes. Now, the other supplement that we mentioned was the Foresight. And how Nancy, one of our lovely coworkers, had used that to help with her dry eye. Mm-hmm. But Kristen, one of our amazing nutrition educators, noticed that her eyes healed much faster and felt a lot better after she had LASIK surgery once she started taking Foresight as well. That's great. And we are ready for a break. Already. <laughs> yes, again. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And summer's time is full of fresh fruits and vegetables, but it's also a time for ice cream, right? Great. Ice cream, pie, and sorbet. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And when we come back, Brenda and I will discuss delicious alternatives to these summer weight loss saboteurs. The content and opinions expressed are those of the host or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. The third and final weight loss saboteur that I find many clients run into during the summer is eating too many summer treats. It seems like every weekend there is a church potluck, family gathering at the lake cabin, or high school graduation party filled with sugary treats. Definitely. So also for many people who are insulin resistant, maybe these once a week treats can really derail weight loss efforts. They definitely do. Or they can bring back sugar cravings if you've been struggling with that. And for a decadent treat that doesn't contain excess carbohydrates, I recommend making our blueberry nut freezer bars from the Weight and Wellness Cookbook. Yes, and blueberries are very good for the eyes, too. That they are. (laughs) They are really good. Yes. (laughs) So if you need a fast and easy dessert, try making either the blueberry freezer bars or another great dessert is the peach crisp. Um, That's also found in the Weight and Wellness Cookbook, which you can purchase in the store or online at weightandwellness.com. Or there's the easiest option ever, which would be fresh berries topped with real whipped cream. Now, if you feel like you are struggling with your metabolism, call up one of our six Minnesota locations and schedule an appointment with a nutritionist. The main office phone number is 651-699-3438. 
And I believe, Joanne, we have a caller on we the have line. another caller. So, Louise, you have a question about Stevia? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hi. Oh, sorry, I was had you on speakerphone. Okay. Uh, yes, hi. My daughter is growing the herb Stevia. And this may be more of a garden question, but I'm wondering <laughs> if you would have any idea what she can do with it. Uh, good question. So oh, okay. five, what was it, like five years ago, I bought some dried stevia leaves mm-hmm. from a tea store. Yep. Oh. And you can steep it with the tea mm-hmm. and it will add like that sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. The so, other thing I've experienced with stevia, I did grow it one time just to see what was going on with it. And as it got more mature and it was ready to... Be picked? Be picked or use. Um, it, it, when I was trying to pick it at the end of the season, my hands were covered with sticky, like a oh, sticky powder. Yeah. Kind oh, of interesting. Like crystals. So, you know, I think maybe it, part of that is when it's mature, it will kind of do that. give off those crystals. But mm-hmm. probably when it's a younger plant, you, you would need to use the whole leaf to, mm-hmm. to make that happen. So it is actually... Um, a sugar thing it is or a sweet thing no. it is I mean, yes it's, maybe it, it is just, actually you know, sweet and i i tasted those crystals and they were sweet no interesting oh, interesting <laughs> well i'll tell her about the tea because she does like tea you know yeah. and when in doubt google yeah <laughs> yeah that's true how to use stevia <laughs> how to use real stevia yeah, yes really well good luck with her gardening thank you thank you for your answer now, we also had a question uh, from somebody who didn't necessarily want to be on the air, Miss Sarah. And she had a question about tuna, like how much, what to look for, and such. So, mm-hmm. Joanne, you want to run with that one? Sure. Um, actually, we recommend tuna once to twice a week because of the mercury contents. Mm-hmm. But we also, because of that, want to steer more toward the wild caught. So looking at a brand um, called Wild Planet is a good choice. Um, pole, something, anything that's labeled more pole caught also is helpful. And making sure it's packed in either water or olive oil rather than soybean oil. So often tuna also mm-hmm. is packed in soybean oil. Because it's cheap. Yes. But that soybean oil, as we touched on earlier, is a very inflammatory oil. Absolutely. So we don't want to mm-hmm. really be consuming that versus the olive oil is anti-inflammatory. Exactly. And you had mentioned the Wild Planet, mm-hmm. which you can find at like Whole Foods, the natural food store. I've seen it even at Costco. Costco. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for people who have a Trader Joe's near them, you can also get... Uh, some good quality tuna there mm-hmm. as well. I also look for the skipjack or, um, oh, what is it? Like the chunk light mm-hmm. tuna. Albacore is okay, but when you start getting into the really big tunas, like the yellowfin, um, they tend to be higher in mercury than some of the other smaller fish, smaller. like the little skipjacks. Right. One, so I guess this is kind of my random other factoid on tuna. <laughs> Is the fact that so with the mercury, even if the fish has a fair amount of mercury in it, the tuna also contains a lot of selenium, Mm -hmm. which interestingly enough, actually will bind up the mercury, making it less absorbable. That's good. Isn't that? I think that's interesting. (laughs) And if you take bifidobacteria when you're eating fish or something that has mercury, bifidobacteria actually kind of like eats the mercury. 
Interesting. And so then when the bifido dies and we eliminate it, right. out goes some of the mercury. Well, that's great. So that's your... <laughs> One more use for bifido. <laughs> One more use for bifido. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So back on, before we have to finish up our show today, back on to eye health on and dry health. eyes. Right. We've been talking about this wonderful supplement, Foresight. Right. And there are many supplements on the market for eye health, but many of them do not contain an adequate amount of lycopene, lutein, and zeaxanthin to actually make much of a difference. And I think we find that a lot. A lot of times people bring in supplements and Mm -hmm. we look at them and they might have the right words on the label. But if you look at the quantity, the quantity isn't high enough. Right. Or it's important to do that. The other thing that I run into when people bring in some of their supplements is you start looking at the other ingredients. Yes. In there. And I see a lot of soybean oil Mm -hmm. and artificial sweeteners. I'm like, what is that doing in there? Right. Or colors. Artificial colors. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, for people with just a little dry eye, taking one capsule each day of foresight will probably be enough to improve their symptoms. But for people with more serious eye conditions, such as glaucoma, macular degeneration, or cataracts, we would recommend taking two capsules per day. Right. And even in addition, like I talked about before, with macular degeneration, you'd probably want to add the DHA as well. Absolutely. Right. So let's give a quick recap of what people can do to support their eye health and decrease dry eye symptoms. So the first step is to get rid of those processed carbs we've talked about Mm -hmm. and balance your blood sugar. And that second step is to include plenty of healthy fats, especially the omega-3 fats found in things like salmon, sardines, grass-fed beef. And this is all to balance our blood sugars. Absolutely. And I didn't, Joanne, I didn't tell you this little story before we came on today, but I was watching a TEDx conference (laughs) earlier this week and they had a dietitian on there and she works with a lot of diabetics Okay, and was talking about how they had a study group of 50 50 people um, pre-diabetic, another group, 50 people Mm pre-diabetic, and they had one group eating a low carb diet. So no breads, pastas, potatoes, just meats, fats, veggies. Mm -hmm. The other group, they had kind of eating more of the standard kind of like healthy diet. Very interesting. Yes. And within weeks, they found that the low carb diet, they got off their medications, didn't need any insulin. The other group, their blood sugars just kept going higher and higher. And by the end of it, everybody was needing medication or insulin. Wow. So. That's amazing. That is amazing. We see that, though. We see that all the time. We do. In the office, we see those same results. But Mm -hmm. interesting to see a study like that. It was. It was really cool to hear about that. Now, some people may find that supplementing with fish oil, such as the Metagenics EPA DHA 2325, helps them produce better quality tears. Mm -hmm. And people with really dry eyes, macular degeneration, or glaucoma can also benefit by taking one to two capsules of that foresight each day. Right. And finally, make sure you drink an adequate amount of water. I think that is something that we talk about a lot, but a lot of times people forget. They get busy during their day and that goes by the wayside. So most people need a minimum of at least 60 ounces a day. Other people need up to 100 ounces. So we always say half your body weight. As far as the water. In ounces. In ounces. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So if somebody weighed 180 pounds, 
Yes. They would need 90 ounces, 90 ounces of yeah. fluids a day. And if you're out working in the heat this right. weekend right. or at the pool sweating, right. then add a lot. Then add a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, I don't know any, you know, we've talked about balancing our blood sugars, mm-hmm. healthy fats, healthy fats. And I think too, thinking about, um, you know, we, we were talking about the barbecue menu, and I think about just switching things out as you go through the rest of the summer, because I find summer is so difficult for people, making some of the alcohol switches and also doing things like instead of blueberry pie, have blueberries or... With cream. With cream, yes, yes. exactly. So just thinking about some food changes you can make will really help a lot in keeping your blood sugars balanced. Well, and the other thing is when people go to these potlucks and these family gatherings, bring something that you know is going to support good eye health. Exactly. And that's going to help support your blood sugars. Exactly. That way you can be prepared. Right. Yes. That's great. So we hope today's show has given you some practical tips on improving your eye health. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. And thanks, Brenna. Thank you, Joanne. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.